Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Crunch Time Podcast. As it is a Monday, we are going to jump right into our Texans segment, and we are going to start with Rodrigo. Rodrigo, how do you think the Texans did, and how do you explain their awful blunder of a loss to the Broncos? Yesterday was absolutely terrible for the Texans. There's no way to sugarcoat it. There's no way to make it seem better. Sure, the Texans had a good second half, but at the end of the day, the game was over at halftime, and they let a rookie quarterback come into their house, coming off beating the defending Super Bowl champions, and absolutely humiliate them. The defense could not stop Drew Locke. Drew Locke, you can say whatever you like about Drew Locke. He's looked great so far, but they made Drew Locke look like Patrick Mahomes, okay? Deshaun Watson did not have a good game. I don't want to hear about the second half. The game was over at halftime. He was simply holding on to the ball for way too long. It was not the O-line's fault yesterday. He was holding on to the ball for way too long, not making good throws. And sure, there were some calls that went against the Texans, but bottom line is that was terrible. I do not understand how this team can be so inconsistent. Week one against the Saints, they looked like a Super Bowl-ready team. They took the Saints right down to the wire, and if it wasn't for Romeo Cornell's prevent defense, they probably would have won that game. Then week two against the Jaguars, though they won, they looked terrible. Next week, they go out, beat the Chargers. Then when they play the Carolina Panthers with Kyle Allen as their quarterback, they look terrible. They follow up a huge Chiefs win with a huge disappointing loss to the Indianapolis Colts. And now, coming off beating the defending Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots, who Bill O'Brien had never beat in his tenure at head coach. What do you do after that? You look completely lost against the Denver Broncos. The 4-8 and eight Denver Broncos, whose season is already over. You're competing for a playoff spot. You are trying to stay ahead of the Tennessee Titans, who these past five weeks have looked better than you. These Tennessee Titans team can go into Houston and beat you. They will probably, and I'm predicting that they will beat the Texans next week. And you have all this. You just beat the, Tex- the, the Patriots in Sunday Night Football. And what do you do the next week? You look completely unprepared. I, the, the Texans players, they didn't even look like they were ready to play that game. It was absolutely awful. I cannot understand how an organization can look amazing one week and then just look lost the next against the Denver Broncos. All right. So all I can say is, is I was embarrassed. All right. My face was red. I could not believe what was happening. And it was a horrible game, that's what everyone's saying, but I actually have a critique for the Texans. They have scored 30 first quarter points, not in one game, but throughout the whole entire season. That's the second least besides the Washington Redskins. They've got to fix that because momentum is never on their side in the beginning of the game, and that is why they are always so inconsistent. Also, I will give them a little bit of slack, cuts them some slack because they were playing against a rookie quarterback who'd only played like one game really. And because of that, they ha- it was very hard to prepare for him. But that defense looked like they were like in a practice game. It looked like a friendly match. They were not, it didn't even look like they were trying. They were playing Drew Locke for heaven's sake. So they looked like they were playing like Rodrigo said, Patrick Mahomes. 
So the Texans have got to figure out a way to score more first quarter points and be more consistent. I'll tell you what the Texans' issue is. And it, it wasn't that they didn't have a good game plan against Drew Locke. It was that they didn't have a good game plan to tackle anybody. It wasn't that Drew Locke picked them apart. It was that run after the catch picked them apart. The Texans didn't tackle. They came into the game expecting that they would touch people and they'd fall or that they were playing some form of flag football. Hello, this is the NFL. You have to tackle people. You have to take them and make sure that their knee or elbow or body touches the ground. You, The Texans did not do that. And because of that, they got blown out in the first half. And like you said, Rodrigo, after that, everything else was a formality. The game was over before the second half even started. And to build on your point, this is a prime example of a trap game in the NFL. A few segments ago, we were talking about, oh, someone said, oh, this is a guaranteed win. The bottom line is there are no guaranteed wins in the NFL. You are playing against professional athletes who dedicate their lives to winning these football games. So you can't go into a game expecting you're going to win it before you've even done anything. And that loss yesterday starts at the very top with the coaching and the quarterback because you are on top of the organization. And what a the top of the organization needs to do after a huge win, everyone in the locker room is ecstatic. They're like, we're going to the Super Bowl. We just beat the New England Patriots. But what the great coaches do, what Bill Belichick does is he says, calm down, guys. We're on to the next game. Our focus is fully towards the next game. We're not focusing on what we did against the Patriots. We have to go up and we have to beat a Broncos team. It doesn't matter that this Broncos team has looked terrible. Our full focus has to be on this upcoming game. And the Texans just did not do that. I am appalled by their defensive game plan because when you have a rookie quarterback in Drew Locke, Drew Locke is a gunslinger. His what he likes to do is he likes to get 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 out of the pocket and make amazing throws down the field, much like Patrick Mahomes. But those throws that he makes are sometimes risky throws because he has such a good arm, he believes he can make every throw. So what you have to do is you have to pressure him. You have to make him uncomfortable. Not like the Texans who just look content to sit back and let Drew Locke pick them apart. Because Drew Locke is one of those quarterbacks where you just have to bide your time and he is going to make a mistake because he believes he can make every throw. And the Texans just did not do that. They decided that the, he was, they were just going to let him pick them apart. And I cannot understand, once again, like how do you beat the Patriots and then follow it up by getting blown out to a rookie quarterback at home? It's terrible. There is no way to sugarcoat it, and I can't believe it. It's absolutely terrible. So now going to the world of college football, the playoff has been set, and LSU and Ohio State are number one and two, respectively. But we are here to talk about their quarterbacks, who will probably be vying not only for the Heisman, but for the title of best quarterback in the league. That is Joe Burrow and Justin Fields. We'll start with Rodrigo. Rodrigo, who is better, Joe Burrow or Justin Fields? I really like Justin Fields. I think he has a ton of potential, and I really like how despite going down 21 to, I believe, 7 against Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game, he was able to rally his team and come back and really dominate that entire second half. 
However, I have to go with Joe Burrow just because Joe Burrow may be the most NFL-ready quarterback we have ever seen in college football. You hear to the announcers talking in the Georgia-LSU game, and they were saying playing Joe Burrow is like playing against an NFL quarterback because his football IQ is so high, he is reading defenses like an NFL quarterback reads defenses. He knows where his open guy is going to be, and he delivers absolutely pinpoint passes. I don't think I saw a throw made by Joe Burrow that was off on Saturday. Every single throw was catchable by the receiver, and either the defensive back made a great play or the receiver just dropped it. And yet Joe Burrow was still able to have an absolutely incredible day throwing for four touchdowns. He's obviously broken a ton of records this year, a ton of not only LSU records, but SEC records, and he's looked amazing. But I think the main reason why he is a better quarterback than Justin Fields is because of his ability to determine what the coverage is going to be before the snap and dissect a defense. Not to mention, I think that Joe Burrow does not have as much talent on Justin Fields on his team. So that is why I think Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Justin Fields right now. I think Justin Fields is clearly better than Joe Burrow just because of what he brings to the offense. If I was making the perfect college football team, I would clearly pick this dude because he can roll outside of the pocket, make plays. He can make plays with his legs much better than Joe Burrow. He can run the ball better. And his passing, while it might not be on the level of Joe Burrow, it is very close. It's not like he's a guy who can just run the football and he can't really throw it deep. He has a good deep ball. He can. He has a good arm, and he can put it on the money. He just – he dissects the defense by just they do not know what he's going to do. He can make plays anyway. He's just like a better quarterback, better athlete, can out-athletic the entire defense. So I have to disagree with you, JW. I feel like when you look at Justin Fields, he hasn't played anyone good. And when he's played someone just semi-decent, he hasn't looked like the quarterback who's putting up 73 points on Maryland. He's looked like a guy who's a decent quarterback but not great. But when you look at Joe Burrow, when he plays big games, when he went in to Texas, he played amazing. When he went in to Tuscaloosa, he played amazing. In the SEC championship game, it was one of the best games of the year. He was impeccable. I feel like Joe Burrow is someone who steps it up when he's playing someone better. While when you look at Justin Fields, when he gets tested, he really doesn't have it. Also, I think Joe Burrow... Like Rodrigo said, he's more football smart, but he's also just a straight-up better thrower. When Joe Burrow throws the ball, it is on a dime to his receiver every time. Justin Fields has some errant throws here and there that really just – they're not just misses, they're bad misses. So because of that, I'm really taking Joe Burrow. I really think your point is not valid there, that he's paced good defense. Texas, we know their defense sucks. They let West Virginia put up like 40 points on them. They don't have a good defense. Then versus Alabama, they started nine freshmen against Joe Burrow, who's a is he a junior quarterback? He's a senior quarterback. They started nine freshmen against him. Like that's not a great defense. Whereas Justin Fields, when he went up against uh, a number twenty five Michigan State, put up forty. When he went up against Wisconsin the first time, he put up forty on them. 
Okay, but Wisconsin has now seen him twice. That's why he didn't play as good to start off. When he went up against Penn State, put up 30. When he went up against Michigan, he put up 56. A number 13 Michigan, he put up 56 points. It's not even a question. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he might be a slightly worse thrower, but I'd rather take away that and add the amazing athleticism that he brings to the table and just can destroy defenses. You see why Lamar Jackson is such a good player. He can just make the defense miss, and he can throw. Okay, so we've heard a lot uh, already today is people are are not criticizing, are complimenting Joe Burrow on his game knowledge. The only way somebody gets some game knowledge besides watching film is by practicing. And so as Joe Burrow is a senior, we also see that Justin Fields is only a sophomore, so he still has two more years before he can be, I guess, NFL ready. He has more time to practice. I think by the time he's a senior, he'll have the game knowledge that Joe Burrow already has. And I think that's why he'll be better, but he might not be better right now. So, JW, I think you make some valid arguments, but I do still have to side with Joe Burrow because that, like, you can scheme against Justin Fields. You can try to take away his running ability and force him to pass, much like Wisconsin did in the first half of that championship game. But you can't really do that against Joe Burrow because he's just on such a higher level than everybody else. And I disagree with you, Rob. I don't think any quarterback for a very long time will be able to do what Joe Burrow is doing because you look at Joe Burrow's talent. It's not that impressive. Last year, he was just an average college quarterback, an average Joe, if you will. Well, last year, last year they run... They ran out of the I formation, a lot of two tight ends, and just ran the ball down your throat last year. He did not have enough time to make a to make solid plays. This year, now that they're in the spread offense, they he just has more opportunities. He can he makes more throws. He throws the ball deep. That is why he's seeing the jumping stats. It's not because of something that he did over the offseason. It's because a lot due to the new uh, formations, I, a new offensive coordinator I, in LSU. I disagree because even with that offense that wasn't as innovative as this year, he was not as efficient. Like, he may have not had as many opportunities to throw the ball, but he was not capitalizing on those opportunities like he is this year. There is a reason why Joe Burrow had to transfer out of Ohio State and could not be Dwayne Haskins for the starting job. It is because his arm talent is not as elite as someone like Justin Herbert or someone like Tua. But his football IQ is on such a higher level, and he has developed that IQ over these past few years that he's becoming so lethal. But the one thing I will say about Justin Fields, he does not get enough credit for his accuracy and his ability to avoid interceptions. Because you look at his statistics, he has 40 passing touchdowns, and only one interception. So although he may not have as uh, had as good as an ability to dissect defenses as Joe Burrow, I will give him credit for, even though he is not as a, as good of a natural thrower as some of the other better quarterbacks in college football, he has been able to avoid mistakes. I'd like to add also, he might have also thrown a lot less. Like so far, he has well over 100 uh, fewer passing attempts than Joe Burrow, but he has nearly as many touchdowns, and he also has like 
seven times fewer interceptions. Like out of all the top five quarterbacks, I guess, in the college football, he has the fewest interceptions and probably some of the most touchdowns. So for our next segment of Take It or Leave It, we are going to start right off talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, who just came off a huge win against New Orleans in the Superdome. The score was 48-46, to and he finished with over 340 yards and four touchdowns. And this brings up the question of whether Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. So take it or leave it, Jimmy Garoppolo is a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. Um, I'm gonna leave it. Now, the reasoning for this is, is I believe the 49ers are getting carried by their defense. Now, you might understand, what, Jacob, you're crazy! And that's what a lot of people have said, but if you really look at the numbers, they have one of the best D-lines in the league, and they have great cornerbacks such as Richard Sherman. And also, he has pretty good offensive line, and he has George Kittle, who, if you guys watch that game... That ending play where he threw down that defender while he was face masking him was just amazing. And I was in shock, especially since it's on my fantasy team, which is probably the best part of the whole thing. But yes, I do not believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, also because of how many other good quarterbacks are on the NFL right now. Now, for example, there's Deshaun Watson, there's Patrick Mahomes, there's Tom Brady, and there's... There's just so many quarterbacks that I, although he's a good quarterback, I think it's a quarterback-filled league right now. And I think because of that, he's not going to make the Pro Bowl just because of how many better quarterbacks there are. I think that Jimmy G, Pro Bowler, maybe because of the fan vote, but he really just gets carried by the rest of his team. He's a solid QB, but, I mean, if you look at the rest of his team – his running backs, Matt Breda, Tevin Coleman, and Raheem Mostert are all good. Fullback, he has the best fullback in the league. That's pretty big time. He has Dante Pettis, Debo Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, plenty of good receivers. George Kittle on at tight end, one of the best in the league. And his O-line is not bad. And the defense is one of the big reasons that they're winning game. They have one of the top D-lines in the league. Good corners, as Jacob said, and really their whole defense is very solid. And the special teams unit, that is where this team really shines. Robbie Gold is one of the best place kickers in the league, and Mike Wichanowski is one of the best young up-and-coming punters, a, a rookie out of Utah. He is just really good. So um, I am leaving it. I really don't think Jimmy G is going to get um, either the fan vote or the sports writers vote to get to the um, Pro Bowl. On, on, honestly, I don't think he is of that caliber. I think his stats are very – touchdown um, numbers especially are very much influenced by field position. I think the Niners have one of the best starting field positions in the league. He has great running options, as you already said. He has great receivers in the defense. One of the best D-lines in the league, Nick Bosa. Richard Sherman, they are insane. I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo is a okay quarterback, good quarterback, even probably top half of the league, but he is not elite, but the rest of the team is. That's why they're so good. But I don't I think you should dock him for the quality of his team's play. I am going to take it. I think you guys are disrespecting Jimmy Garoppolo in a big way. You keep bringing up his defense. His defense did not show up yesterday. 
they allowed the Saints to score 46 points. That game was won in no part because of their defense. That game was won in spite of their defense. Jimmy Garoppolo has been absolutely sensational this year. He has 25 touchdowns. That's a pretty good mark. That's among the best in the league. And his pass rating is over 100. He is putting up great numbers. And you can point out the help around his team. But I think that we have to give him some credit for his play over these past few weeks. He obviously had a great game this week against the Saints. He also had a very solid game against a very diff- a very good, tough Ravens defense, and he played lights out against the Green Bay Packers. So I agree with you guys. The help around his team is phenomenal. But there's also something to be said for only having three losses in your entire career when you've played well over a season's worth of games and you have been very statistically excellent in those games. So I'm going to take it. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is ascending. And in a few years, he may be one of the quarterbacks to be reckoned with in the NFL. Now, for our second topic of take it or leave it, we are going to transition into today's Monday night football game of the Giants against the Eagles. The Eagles are really in a free fall right now. They haven't been able to take a lead in the NFC East, even though the Cowboys have been terrible. And the Giants are starting Eli Manning because of the injury to Daniel Jones. So take it or leave it, Eli Manning in his return will defeat the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. Oh, I'm taking it. I think that Eli Manning is going to show why um, he was one of the best quarterbacks at one point in time. I, see we'll, I think we'll see some flashes of greatness from, his, from both of his Super Bowls from the time where Eli Manning was thought of as one of the greatest in the league. I think we'll see some pinpoint throws. I think we will see not great pocket mobility, but good enough that he avoids taking some sacks. If you look at Tom Brady in the pocket, it's not pretty, but it gets the job done. I think you'll see a lot of that. And I think you will see Eli Manning improving a team around him that is not very good. I think the Eagles are also not going to win the game. The it's And it's not so much going to be the Giants winning the game either. It's going to be the Eagles losing the game with turnovers, bad field position, and very poor special team play. I think that this game is going to be decided by one of the greatest quarterbacks that we have seen in the history of the NFL. Yes, I'm talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Eli Manning. He might look very ugly, but he plays very well, and he just throws passes like a beast. He is going to go out there looking like it's his younger years, and he is going to make his record a winning record so that he can get into the Hall of Fame. I'm going to leave it. I do not think the Giants are going to win this game. And I do not think that Eli Manning is one of the greatest quarterbacks we have ever seen. He has been an average quarterback except for two incredible Hall of Fame-worthy Super Bowl runs. And there is a reason why Eli Manning was benched for Daniel Jones. There is a reason why everyone was calling for Eli Manning to retire after last season. And that has been because over the past three years, since that incredible season in 2016, before the boat game against the Green Bay Packers, Eli Manning has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. He does not have the arm strength or the pocket mobility to continue to be a good quarterback. And I don't think 
playing against a very talented yet underachieving Philadelphia team will change out. So I think Eli Manning will be the same old Eli Manning we've seen for these past few years, and he will disappoint again, and the Eagles will beat the Giants. Okay, so I do believe that the Giants will lose to the Eagles, but I do not believe it's because Eli Manning will play poorly because Eli Manning has to prove himself. He lost his starting job to a rookie quarterback who a lot of people did not like coming out of college. And because of that, I think that Eli Manning is going to have something to prove. And I know that he's not been the greatest quarterback ever, but when someone has something to prove, they tend to play better. And although I do believe that the Eagles – the reason I think that the Giants will win – is because the Eagles have a more talented roster, and the Giants definitely do not, as they have not been playing well this season. But I do believe that Eli Manning will not play horribly, as many expect. And for our next segment and final segment of Take It or Leave It, we're going to talk about Mitch Trubisky, who had an absolutely phenomenal game on Thursday Night Football. And the question is whether Mitchell Trubisky is really ascending and is really improving as a quarterback or if these past few weeks have just been a fluke. So I honestly think these past couple weeks have been a few fluke. If you look at Mitchell Trubisky's play, he has something that could be diagnosed as happy feet. He's moving too much. He's not setting his feet. And you saw the problems with that earlier. I think he might be curing that a bit. And I think some of his college greatness might be showing. But I really think those problems aren't something that you can just cure over a couple of weeks. They will come back and haunt him either next season or at the end of this season when he starts playing some very good high-caliber defenses. Because of those reasons, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is great. I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is back. I still think he is a below-average quarterback in the league. And honestly, I think the Bears should still think about getting rid of him. I think Mitchell Trubisky, you just look at him and you're like, how was this guy drafted number three? He can't throw a football. He just doesn't hit open wide receivers down the field. He, I, I don't have anything else to say about him, but he just can't throw the football, and you can't do that at quarterback. I'm going to take it. I don't think that this is a fluke. I think, you know, I've been very critical of Mitchell Trubisky. One of the first segments we did, we predicted the opener between the Packers and the Bears, and I said the Packers would win because I didn't think Mitchell Trubisky was good. But over these past few weeks, I've seen some really good improvement. He's gone back to some of that running that he used much of last year where he actually made the Pro Bowl. Though he didn't have a spectacular year, he did help the Bears make the playoffs. So, and over these past few weeks, obviously against the Lions, the Lions have a terrible defense, but he still played very well in a high pressure situation on Thanksgiving. And then against the Cowboys, who have a pretty good defense, he showed up with four total touchdowns and really outplayed Dak Prescott. So, though I think, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky will ever be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think he will always be looked at as sort of a bust because he was drafted before Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. But I think he's certainly making a case through his play these past few weeks to retain the Bears' starting job moving forward. So I actually have an audio clip of Jason Garrett's game plan when playing the Bears. You want to hear it? Sure. The Jason Garrett and the Cowboys are nothing to be proud of. I really do think Mitchell Trubisky hasn't been playing good defenses and it has been resulting in better play. 
Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Crunch Time Podcast. Signing off for now and saying goodbye, I'm Jack Ringgold.